Welcome aboard, Captain. back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, one blazing internet minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. Uh, that makes me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dave. We're back online. Yay! Moonbase Alpha is back online. Oh, man. You just, now all I want to do is talk about Space 1999. <laughs> It's, isn't it um, funny how terms like that, like Moonbase Alpha, just, I mean, it's yep. it's such a simple name, but as soon as you said it, I just immediately, I could see those overhead shots of the of the moon base kind of spread out over the plane and, you know, the eagles. Was, is, was that the name? Was that the name uh, of the I'm ship or remember. the type of ship? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I feel like it was like Eagle 1 and Eagle 2, so it might have been, the, I don't know if those were the code names or the name of, of I'll have to mm. look that up. But yeah, yeah, Space 1999, that was a good one. Another one of those, and also, you know, I don't, I don't really, do I like it or not? I don't really like now, you know, things that were in the future. Yeah. You know, when we were kids, right? That was the 70s when that show was on. Yeah. That's the future. 1999, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be on the moon. We're going to have all these, you know, nothing. Now it's, you know, 20 years in the past and we still got nothing. Um, and, and I know we're diverging, but uh, I, I find it funny that we are catching up to some of the movies. Yeah. Like, you know, whether say like, uh, you know, uh, Escape from New York, it's like in, you know, in 2017, you know, the countries, you know, the war, the, there's war and there's there's a wall around the United States to, you know, right. protect. And I'm like, well, we've already passed that. That hasn't happened. So, <laughs> yeah, we're coming up on Blade Runner, right? 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little it's a it's a bummer, but mm. I but it hasn't. It's a bummer, but it hasn't squashed my hope for the future. I'm still inspired right. by all this stuff. You know, great, great. I'm not talking about, you know, dystopian Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just things that are, you know, time travel and hovering cars. It's it's still going to happen. Just we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll be, anyway. all, we'll be, in, we'll be in jars and heads. Just like Futurama. <laughs> we'll be right. in all heads. <laughs> I just want to be able to see it somehow. I'll take jar and head and jar. <laughs> yeah, true. I just want to see it. So, but we're here on Star Trek Minute, not in, you know, post-apocalyptic, yeah, yeah, Blade Runner Minute, although that would be really cool. Um, And we are on Minute 94. Yeah. Oh, you didn't, you didn't follow up. I figured you'd follow up with that. Oh, 94. (laughs) Docking Bay 94. It's, I already did that offline in my head. I was like, 94, (laughs) wrong show. I did it offline, so that, I, that's. That moment passed for me. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, this is minute ninety-four. Ninety-four. And this minute starts with Talar closing her eyes in extreme concentration, and this minute ends with a great montage of fading faces as they wait for the results. Yep. Yeah, great concentration. I think that's a good <clears throat> way of describing it. Because my my question for this exciting minute of no dialogue and <laughs> and arguably the worst soundtrack moment mm. i don't know i'll be curious your thoughts on it but um 
but my one note here was, well, how does Faltorpan work? Um, that was what I was wondering as I, as I watched this minute. And I, I actually watched it a, f- a few times. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's partly because it's like, oh, my God, nobody talks. And um, but I realized I hadn't noticed this before until like my third or fourth spin through the minute that. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem to be just Talar that's doing the work. It seems like everybody's no, there is participating. It's all the Vulcans. They all have their eyes closed. They're all doing their thing. So, it, it, yeah, it's, this seems like a group group thing. And it makes me, you know, as we want to discuss other movies when we think of these moments, is this makes me think of the movie Coneheads. <laughs> what? And I know that's such a great leap, but follow me here. So when they go back to Remulac in the movie Coneheads, and then, you know, they have the three moon thing, and they all sort of, are in the stands and they're doing the, they do this like they close their eyes and they're kind of like doing this thing. And it just makes me, when they're all doing this, they're all making me think of that moment. And I don't know, I don't know why I'm connecting the two movies, but it's just, it's one of those weird connections I've always had to this movie. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I know Cohen heads came out later, but right. um, it just, that's it, when I see it now, that's what I think of because they're all in unison. They're all, they're all praying. They're all, I guess adding their strength to Talar, right? Yeah, they are in unison. I mean, I think there's a, there's even a shot of you know uh, Talar bowing her head and some of the Vulcan mm. maidens and the priests and priestesses are all kind of bowing their head in unison. And uh, so yeah, yeah. I just wonder if you know is, is she doing all the hard work and they're just being backup, or are they all? Well, that's what I'm, I was wondering if she was the vessel. So she's like the conduit you know, where all the power flows through and then goes down her arms into, you know, into McCoy and Spock and they're adding their mental powers and, you know, making her do whatever she needs to do with more power, you know, comes a better result. I was wondering, I was imagining that, you know, okay, she is the conduit. So let's just say she physically, right. She's sucking the Katra out of McCoy, you know, right. Pushing it back down into into Spock, um, I was <laughs> which, make, which makes me think of another movie. <laughs> well, go ahead, which one? <laughs> Young Frankenstein. Oh my god, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Put that man down. <laughs> uh, but I I wondered if you know everybody else that's that's participating is there to say uh, help catch things that might slip. Like so, you know, you can almost picture like. Uh, could you picture Spock's Katra like swirling around and not, you know, not, you know, obviously mm. not seeing smoke or anything, but, you know, you could see it visibly. Maybe they're there to help, you know, redirect things. Uh, right. I don't know. Mm. Or they could just be praying. They could just be, oh, God, I hope this works, you know. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think we understand that. So, but they're all doing it. And I love at it's, what is it? Second 27 when Scotty looks at Savick. Yeah. And then looks away and then gives her the double take. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, I have to wonder what's going through Scotty's mind at that moment being like, hey, she's got her. Wait, what's going on here? She t- not, now's not a good time to take a nap. <laughs> but the, I'll, I'll say, Dave, that's when I first noticed. That's I I've I've never noticed the double take or Savic that really having her eyes closed until yeah. what I was talking about. As I was flipping through the minute over and over again. I'm like, oh, well, Savic's. Havoc's helping out, and Scott, yeah, Scott, it was the double take that did it for me. I never really paid attention to 
to uh, Savick with her eyes closed. Mm. I'm not sure why. I mean, it's not like it happens in a blink of an eye. It's just, again, this minute is a little bit of a, I was hoping it would be a little more dramatic, Faltopan. A little bit of a snoozer. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the continual fading into other images trick um, that Nimoy seems to employ here. So it's like we see something and then it sort of fades into seeing Kirk and then it fades into Savick and then it fades into something else. Like he starts the scene where he's cutting from person to person and then suddenly you go into the fade. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand the conscious choice to change your what you're doing. I don't know if it's supposed to give it more mysticism behind it. For me, it just I don't I'm not a big fan of that and particularly in this movie, nor it just makes me chuckle like oh my god, this looks so ridiculous. Yeah, is it more of the <clears throat> is it more we talked I think a little bit about this with Scott last week, you know, the whole, you know, Hmm. Uh, TV versus filmmaking, right? And is is that a? Is he, is that, I can't I can't I can't say for sure. Like, oh yeah, that's like a you know a mon a TV montage trick, right? Um, <clears throat> but I agree, it's it's a little. The the other part that bothers me, and it's it's is the is the can is the camera it is also like panning by people as it's doing it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think this is. This is sort of a Nimoy trick because we sort of get an advanced version of this in the next movie when they do the um, slingshot around the sun. Oh God! Yeah. And you have the gi- and you have the giant heads that turn into the other heads. I already so I think have notes it's, for that minute. <laughs> so it's almost like that's an evolution of his technique here. And I know this isn't like his technique. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like it's whatever he's using to pass the time here to make it look interesting. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if he's I mean, he passing it. He, yeah. He ups, he ups the ante next, next movie. He, I don't know if it's successful. We'll get, we'll talk about that when we get there, but I think here using it here, I just, I chuckle. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. I would say it's probably not a technique. There's probably something, uh, some metaphor or something metaphysical he's going for by showing these, mm. you know, one head merging to another, or, you know, fading from one to another. What's, <clears throat> what's interesting to me here is he didn't, didn't use the opportunity to show McCoy and fade into Spock. Right. That would have, that would be, I don't yes. know that's too obvious, but, um, you know, he could have gone for that. You know, which I think that would have been actually kind of interesting to see, like like an overhead shot maybe of McCoy's face and fade over to Spock's face. I don't know. Right, yeah. I mean, Kirk even, I think it's like about the 52nd, you know, part of the minute, he kind of gives a little, he gives a little Kirk, you know, he gives him a little head nod. Mm. And I'm like, what, is he just like, okay, is this done yet? What's, what's going on there? Like, is he feeling the energy? I would, well, you know, you wonder because because obviously, like every all the Vulcans in in not the room, the temple, mm. um, they're all they're all heads bowed or heads up, and so I I think I think everyone's feeling the energy, at least the Vulcans. Yeah. Um, so you wonder, yeah, can Kirk is Kirk picking up on some of that? Mm. Uh, one thing that bothers me, one thing that bothers <laughs> me. <laughs> okay. A thing that bothers me about this minute is McCoy and and Spock. There's, 
there's there's no activity that you know they don't look like anything bad is happening it looks like they're both taking a nap mm. um, i would have been interested to see them both kind of showing some kind of reaction to what's going on convulsing and like that that was exactly exactly what i was thinking <laughs> uh can we like dub that pain, over the soundtrack pain beyond belief well, maybe, pain yes <laughs> uh not even i mean sure pain i would I, I would buy pain i would think this has got to be traumatic in some way for both of them mm. um but you know just you know maybe some moving you know shaking your head like no you know don't do that you know i don't like it you know something i mean yeah it did come with a warning i mean she does tell him that there's great risk so maybe maybe yeah maybe yeah, they I, did need to i mean because yeah they're just lying there maybe there is sort of a you know i don't know maybe he's mumbling something or maybe he's you know don't don't take it don't you know don't i can't it. let it go you know did I, I think I mentioned last week when we talked to Scott, right, that the um, mm. in, in the book um, that McCoy is uh, at least terrified of what's going on. And, uh, and Talar actually is just like speak to him in his head, like, you know, fight, strive, fight, rest thyself back to life. You know, there's there's that kind of. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's a. a <laughs> Vonda filled in, answered some of the questions for us again, like, man, I wish there was something more interesting going on here. She takes the opportunity to do to do that. Well, that would have been interesting to see. Yeah, I, I totally would have. I mean, I think that would have been cool. Yeah, it, and it, it, and I would have uh, <clears throat> totally bought it. Right, that there's something going on here. You know, even if it's like arching, arching their back. You know, and you know, ah, uh, right. any of that, I would have, I would have bought it. Hmm. So, uh, speaking of Vonda, um, and speaking of you, know, you and I to- off air, we're like, oh boy, yep. this ne- next couple of minutes are dialogue free, and um, there's there's not a not a ton going on here. But uh, I found it interesting that Vonda has a whole interlude um, during this moment of when the ceremony starts. It actually cuts away to a scene with uh, Amanda, uh, Sarek's, uh, you know, Sp- Spock's box yeah. mom. Uh, yep. And it's it's her. She was because she's you know human. She uh, she was barred from being there at the ceremony. So she is she's somewhere in the temple. Um, yep. And so she can like she can see it from far away. Um, she ends up having a conversation with another Vulcan priestess, of you know where she's like just you know kind of railing at the fact that you know I can't be there and I need to be there for them. Yep. Um, but she understands why because she's a an adept. She's so she's studying. Okay. Uh, all the all the people that I'm going to say work at the temple. That's probably not the right <laughs> word. But the, the, the those that study the, at the temple and, and uh, she's she's one of them and she's learning. Um, but she's not. She's 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 just regretting that she's not allowed to participate in it. So I thought it was a nice a nice touch that. Um, so she wants to just not be there. She wants to be able to lend a hand kind of thing yeah she wants to be by sarek's side <clears throat> um, but they're all there yeah so why couldn't she go uh, like kirk and oh, kirk and scotty and the rest of the, the you know the crowd is there why aren't why couldn't she go they're all human oh interesting that makes no sense that makes no sense yeah so i had it so yeah it, it it's it's a little subtle 
in, in the book of, of, of what, of, of why she can't go and why is Kirk there and stuff. Um, right. And so she's, Amanda's having a conversation with another Vulcan student, uh, Tamay. Um, and so one of the things is, you know, the, the Katra was fragile and easily lost to free it from the bearer and place it in the hall of ancient thought. Uh, the student adepts form delicate, temporary psychic ties around it and solve them again on completing the passage. If mental connections already existed between a subject and an adept, as they did when the two belonged to the same family, the resonances created an interference that invariably proved disastrous. And how that interference might affect the refusion, mm. no one even attempted to speculate. So they're saying she can't be there because she could, she could mess things up. As a, because she's got that connection, which is weird, oh. but it still doesn't explain it because Sarek is there. Sarek's there, and Kirk is there. Kirk has a deep connection with Spock as well. Hmm. Well, we need to get Vonda on the phone then and see if she can. Uh... Okay. <laughs> Call her up. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not going to go into the. Well, maybe it's you know she's a mother, so maybe she has a different emotional tie to <clears throat> her son than say Sarek does. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, what I was sort of thinking. I was sort of joking when i said well you know kirk's there and yeah i i i I get what she was sort of saying it may not make the best sense but i get it yeah she tried yeah and it was an interesting interlude because we don't amanda doesn't show up in this movie which is too bad um be cool to see her Um, but she i think she's she's in the beginning of voyage home right yeah pretty sure yeah all right so the last question i had about this minute was all the lightning um, is is the lightning uh, part? Is it a result of the ceremony, or is it just the weather on Vulcan that day? Um, that's a good question. I didn't really even so I knew it was there, but I didn't really even think about it. Okay. In terms of whether it was a atmospheric phenomenon or if it was part of the ceremony, mm-hmm. I don't think I really was like. I don't really think anyone sort of registers that it's even there or that it's doing anything. Um, I don't know if there's some squints or not. No, not really. Uh, no one's like looking at the sky. Scotty seems yeah. to be most bothered. Yeah, he seems he seems to be agitated by everything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say I think it's part. I think it's the. I think it's. I don't think it's the weather. I think it's part of the ceremony. I think there's a, there's a lot of energy mm. and a lot of power in, in play here. Right. And, because um, it doesn't start, I don't think, until Talara, like, you know, puts her head down. Yeah, obviously when they're bringing Spock and McCoy out that, yeah, there's nothing, nothing happening. They also turn off all the all the lights. Um, like the two guys behind Talar, uh, their stabs are no longer lit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That weird light is off. Um, so maybe, maybe, yeah, they know that this is part of the, the ceremony. Faltor Pan comes with a light show. Mm. <laughs> All right, man. That, that should be the Star Trek Minute rock band, Falter Pan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Little Pink Floyd as we uh, fade out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, then that, that was all I had for this <clears throat> uh, fascinating minute. Okay. How about you? I got, uh, I got nothing else, man. All right. Good, good. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up then. Uh, minute 94. Um, uh, let's say 
can you guys do while you're waiting for us? Why don't you head on out to tpublic.com slash Star Trek Minute and take a look at all the fun swag we get out there. We got t-shirts and uh, stickers and all whatnot with uh, fun Star Trek Minute logos, uh, designs. So uh, pick one up and uh, a little bit of that comes back to help to help the show out, keep the lights on, keeps the internet on, uh, Mother Nature notwithstanding. Um, and we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we'll be Snuck back. Uh, back again on Wednesday, talking about Minute 95 of The Search for Spock, here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.